Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. I see that little intro this morning. But for God so loved the world that he gave. And when you find love, you follow it. You can't help yourself, you just follow it. I believe some of you have found Jesus, you've found God, and you're here this morning too. And you've got this bottle, and it's like an unopened can of Coke, or a bottle of Coke. And you've got all this stuff inside of you, but you just need something to come along and give you a good shake so you can explode. (laughs) So the stuff that's inside you can be let out. No more will the cap be on the top, but the cap's going to be off. And all that stuff, that potential that's in you to shift your eyes and to focus on the future is going to come out. But sometimes it takes a shaking. And the shaking is never nice. The shaking is never easy. But I want to explode. I want to be the ones where the cap is taken off and I want to explode for God to have that effervescence of Jesus come out of me every moment of the day. If you haven't experienced that, if you're sitting in your seats and you say, what on earth does that mean? It is messy. When you've been there and you've done it in your life, you just want it back. That moment where it just takes God to turn up and just do this little twinkle and all of a sudden you explode again in Him because He's just so good. But to do that, I've said my my message is on focus, but it's awake to see. I want to see God. I want to see Jesus. And more than that, I want to have a focus on my future so my future is in him and he is in my future. This this season of our church, we're we're, um, pushing into my faith, our family, his future. And I suppose part of this message this morning is his future. Do you believe you've got a future? First stage, do you believe you've got a future in him? We used to go horse riding in in New Zealand. Um, Where's Tony? Tony, Tony. Tony's a jockey from way back. Um, And we used to go riding, and there was was this place uh, called Murawai in New Zealand, and and we used to hire horses on this farm. And they used to get all the ex-race horses, and I think were the ones that were too rough for the track. And they'd take them to this horse riding place and they'd get crazy people like us to hop on these things and just let us cut loose. Well, the first time we went there, they said, you've got to go with us because we've got to show you where to go so you don't get lost. And also, they keep us under control. And so they took us away through, through all this bush to the, to the beach. Great day, fantastic ride. They let us have a bit of a gallop through the bush and it was fantastic. After we'd been there a few times, they said, look, we know who you are, now you can go on your own. And uh, it was a bit of a mistake. Because, as Tony knows, when one horse has its head and it's running, and once they get a sniff of it, none of them will stop. Once one goes, they all go. And you just, and these horses had hard mouths, no matter how hard you pulled on the reins, they just did not stop. Well, they didn't have blinkers on. And they knew that, they didn't really like all these riders because they were, they were, trail horses now, and they got everybody coming on them doing different things, and so they probably didn't like us on, on them at all. And you're supposed to walk your horses down through the farms, which we didn't, we galloped. 
You're supposed to walk them down through the forestry trails, which we galloped. And then you're supposed to take them on the beach where you can have a gallop and keep them out of the water, because otherwise they'd roll in the water and you'd get in trouble. Well, we're going down these forest trails, and the horses weren't, weren't silly. And you'd be going down this trail, flat tack gallop, lying down on, on its, its neck, as, keeping as low as you can. And these things would slowly veer off the track into the trees. <laughs> and they'd go under the branches that were just low enough for them to get under, but not you. <laughs> and they'd try and knock you off. And they did it quite successfully. <laughs> um, or they would, they'd be going flat track and... Horses are very smart animals, but they're also very dumb animals. And we were going flat chat down this, this track, and we couldn't stop. We were just hanging on, and Claire's a good rider. And was it you that got in front of me? Anyway, she went down, and she stopped on the side of, side of the track because the horses were coming out. Well, we were going flat tack, and I'm trying to pull this thing up as hard as I can. And it just decided it saw Claire, so it did a U-turn. I stayed on, but the horse didn't stay on its feet. The horse rolled and rolled and rolled and rolled, and here I'm on this horse. So I was okay, everyone was okay, but the point I'm making is these horses, they were willing to go straight, but because of me on top of them, they went off track. If you, if you know horses and you know a lot of race horses, they wear blinkers, because they wear blinkers so they don't get distracted. And, and so many of us, when we're running our race with God, we're, we're focusing on this thing, but distractions come, and, and because there's something on our back or something we don't like, we tend to run into the trees, and we tend to try and deal with the issues, but we should be keeping our focus back on track to where Jesus is and running on the lane that he has for us. But we take these deviations all the time, and, and I want us this morning to say, God, I'm just going to focus on you. Jesus, I'm going to focus on you. No matter what's coming against me, no matter what's coming on my back, no matter where I am, I'm not going to deviate into the trees. I'm going to keep focused on you. So my first point is look forward, not back. I just don't want to, st to start strong. I want to finish strong. Um, it really, when I, I want to start strong too, but it doesn't really count. It's how I finish that matters. I would hate to run a race where I'm running around the track like a horse and I'm getting around and I'm, I'm 10 metres from the end of my race and I lose my way, I take a deviation and I run off track. I want to be the horse that starts off really slow and no one wants to back me. But everyone says, you're just a nag and you're not going to make it. But over time, I, I get, my, get in my stride and I find my gallop and I start to run and I start to run in a rhythm and a pace, for, let's call it with Jesus. And I'm running my way so I can see the finish line ahead and I'm passing all these other horses and the things that hold me back and I'm running my race because I'm going to run over the finish line with Jesus because I've got my eyes focused on that finish line and eyes focused on him. You know, I've, there's lots of stories in the Bible I could go through. I could, I could talk about Daniel in the lion's den. I, I could talk about Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego in, in the fiery furnace. I could talk about lots of other stories where People have kept their focus on God and, and got through huge trials and tribulations. But I want to talk a bit, focus on one person, and that's Joshua. And if you know the story, the, the Israelites had been in, in captivity in, in Egypt for a couple of hundred years, and 
God turns up and says, I'm, I'm going to set you free from the shackles that hold you. I'm going to take you to your promised land. And Joshua had been, been in, in Egypt. He'd seen the brutality of the Egyptians. He'd lived under that. And yet he, he walks out of this place and, and he's heading towards his promised land. And throughout his time of, of going through the wilderness, he's one man of two that I can see kept their focus on God, that made it into the promised land. And I want to read one verse. It's from Exodus 33:11, And it says, Moses would pitch a tent. No, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face. As one speaks to a friend, then Moses would return to the camp. But his young age, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Do you get that last bit of that verse? He did not leave the tent. He stayed focused. He stayed in the place where God was. He, stayed, he didn't want to leave the tent. And, and Moses, if you know the story, the, the tent of meeting was, there was the place where all the Israelites kept in the camp. But there was this one tent outside the camp where Moses would go outside the camp. And every time he went into this tent, the pillar of cloud and the glory of God would sit outside the tent. And that was the place as Joshua was Moses' help, would go into the tent and he would help Moses in the tent. But Joshua would not leave the tent because he knew there was a presence of God in the tent. And he says, I'm not going to leave this tent. I'm going to stay in this tent. And because he stayed in this tent and he was focused on God and his presence and who he was, it outworked into his life. And he had such a focus on God that he didn't want to leave the tent that when it came to getting to the promised land, he made it into his promised land. Twelve spies went in to, to search out the land. Two came back with a good report. Ten didn't. Who came back with a good report? Joshua. Because he has had his focus on God. He didn't shift his focus on the giants of the land. He didn't shift his focus on how hard it was going to be, but he had his focus on Jesus, not Jesus, but on God. The promise that he was given as he entered the land was only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law of Moses my servant commanded. You do not turn to it from the right hand or the left that you may prosper wherever you go. What a promise. That word right can be interpreted, interpreted in, the, in the biblical times as strength. We often think that's our failures that are going to pull us away from our God. It's our failures and the problems that are going to turn us away and distract us. But how many times is it actually our strengths that distract us? So if we're turning away to the right this morning, if we're walking in our own strength, Walking in what we're able to do, but not actually taking a step of faith. We're actually taking a step to the right. We're taking our eyes off where God wants to be, and we can all do it. It's very easy to go into complacency and to say, yes, I got this, I can do it, I can do it. And we walk in our own strength, and we, we haven't got our blinkers on, and we gradually veer away from God because we're walking in what we can do and not what He can do in us. To the left was translated as weakness. And we all know what that is like. We've all had a really bad day. Everything's gone wrong. We've kicked the cat. We've walked in the house and we've, we've said the wrong thing and done the wrong thing. And our life's fallen apart and we tend to veer off God yet again. And we fall into either a depressive state or we say, woe is me. 
and we take our eyes and shift off who we are and who God is in our lives, we shift our focus and we go off lane again, can we today make sure we don't let veer to the right or to the left, but to stay on track, to put our blinkers on where God wants us to go and to stay in the vision, the purpose that he has for us. So often, too, the, the left is the side of hidden sins, the hidden things. Have, uh, I've never flown with Tiger. <laughs> and I probably never will. But can you imagine this flight that you're hopping on this morning? The flight that we're, we're heading off to heaven. This is, this is a flight where you just don't get to take 23 kilos of your baggage. This isn't a flight where you get to take seven kilos of the baggage. This is a flight where you don't take any baggage. This is a flight where you can leave the baggage behind. We don't veer to the left. We don't veer to the right. And we don't look back on the baggage that we've got. We're all in the process of walking out our faith. And we've got to deal with our baggage. But can we make the decision... We're going to hop on this flight with Jesus and we're not going to take our baggage on board. Can we, as we're sitting in our seats right now, can you all close your eyes just for a minute? When you think of baggage, is there a thought that pops straight into your head? You've all got a thought, I've got a thought. Can you imagine yourself climbing up the steps of a plane Hopping on this plane that's going to a fantastic destination. Somewhere we've always been, want to be in. It's full of peace. It's full of love. It's full of joy. There's strength there. There's power there. There's purpose there. And you're walking up these steps. Can you imagine yourself taking that baggage? It's falling off your shoulders. You're taking it out of your pockets. You're leaving it on those steps. You're leaving it behind. And you're walking up these steps and you're hopping on that plane. When you hop on that plane right now, the door closes. The engines start up, the engines roar, and you're on your way. You're heading to where God wants you to be this morning, but that baggage has been left behind. It doesn't go on this flight any longer. When I pray, when things are coming against me, I don't just pray quietly, but we can open your eyes now if you want to. I just don't pray, pray quietly. I actually pray because I can hear myself saying things. And I actually speak to myself. And if there's something wrong that's going on in my life, and say it's insecurity, I will sit there, I'll do it probably when no one can hear me, and I'll tell that insecurity to go. And I'll start to recite God's promises and say, I'm a child of God, there is more than enough of you, I'm above and beneath. This is who I am in God. And I'll recite it because I'm speaking to my spirit. I'm speaking to who, is, who I am. I'm hopping on my flight. I'm hopping on my plane. And I'm leaving my baggage behind. If we're to focus on God, we have to decide this flight has no baggage. We have to awake to see. Have you, you you've been in a dream state before? I often get up in the morning and I'll say this to Claire, I had a dream last night and I try and start going through the dream and by the time I get to the end of my words, I've forgotten the dream. I've forgotten it. All of us have dreams and, and you've got dreams that you want to carry out in your life but 
we get these dreams and it's like we're in this sleep state. God speaks to us. But if we don't focus on the dreams and, and write them down and make them plain, decide what they are, then life, as we, as we go through, we forget our dreams. Just like when I get up in the morning, I've forgotten my dream. It really irritates me. Because I know some of them are God dreams, and I can remember one point, but I can't forget, I can't remember all of it. Can we not forget our dreams? Can we use our dreams that when we're in a wake state, see, this season is for us to come awake, awake to see. But when you come awake and you're wide awake, it's a bit of a deviation, but we come awake to our dreams. We don't come awake just to be awake. Can you, can you imagine when you, if you lived in a dream state, you would never get anything done? But if you wake and you, can, you remember your dreams, when you're wide awake, can you step? Then you can step into your dreams. Then you can move into where God wants you to be. Then you can start moving into where God wants you to be, and your dreams will start being fulfilled. So don't forget your dreams. Can we keep our eyes on the author and perfecter of our faith? You know, Joshua did not leave the tent. He stayed focused on God and focused on his presence and he just didn't want to leave the tent. I wish the world didn't, we didn't have to go out and work all day and I wish we didn't have to do the dishes and I wish I didn't have to cut the lawns and I wish I didn't have to vacuum the floor. <laughs> I wish I didn't have to wash the windows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wish. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't, don't you wish that you didn't have to do all that stuff <laughs> uh, and you could just focus our eyes on God. But we still have to do that stuff. We have to do that stuff. But can we have our overriding influence is that even though we have to do all these things, we can still keep a focus on God. Our blinkers is such that even though we still have to work for a living and even though we still have to do this thing, that God is still our main focus. God is still number one in our work. God is still number one in our house cleaning. God is still number one in our relationships. God is still number one in our friends. God is still number one in our finances. God is still number one in everything we do because we're focused on him. We can still go and we can still be successful. God is number one in my business. God is number one in everything I do. And if he's number one in everything I do, then everything else comes under him and it's gonna be prosperous. But we've gotta keep our focus on him. It's not concentrating on the dishes. It's not concentrating on whatever else it may be. But it's this overriding influence that God is in this. He's over this and he's over me. And so everything I do is going to go well. Because that is who God is. This is not just a one-time experience that Joshua had. It was a day-to-day -day experience. Relived in the, in, the, in the presence of God. Can we carry that presence of God? We don't have to sit in a tent as such. We are the tent. And we are the temple. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We carry him with us. And so we have the very presence of God over us day by day by day. So we should be able to carry with our eyesights directed on Jesus all the time because we are in the tent. We are the tent. And the Holy Spirit is in us. Do you believe that? I believe it. Don't allow the enemy to say that he's not, you're not full of the Holy Spirit. What are you full of this morning? Holy Spirit, I pray. 
I believe that without faith it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. This is the confidence we have in him. Third point. Know your yes and your no. You've probably heard this many times before. But quite often, your no is just enlarging your yes. And your yes is putting down your no. They come hand in hand. Because every time there's a yes to something, there's a no to something else. And we have to learn, as people of faith, to keep our eyes focused on God and learn what it means to say yes, but also learn what it needs to say no. That our blinkers... On one hand, they might say yes, and on the other hand, they might say no, because I'm being directed to where God wants me to head. We all want to say yes to the experiences of God where the Holy Spirit moves and he's powering upon us, and I'm saying, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God. But then he comes up and he says, what about this in your life? And I'll say, oh, no, God. (laughs) But can we strengthen our yes for him? and our no for the other things that draw us away from him. Because when there's a yes, there has to be a no. Jesus, when he caught the woman in adultery, the first one he said was, his first word he said was no. And he said, no one is stoned while I'm around. It wasn't a statement he said, I'm just making that up. But the first thing he said was no. But Jesus speaks to us and says, go and sin no more. No to sin. He says, go and sin no more. The, the, the guys were going to stone this woman because she had sin in her life, and here they are full of sin. And Jesus is saying, no more. No more. And all of us say, that is impossible. We've got to, we're going to sin. You know, Jesus sets a high standard that we can attain. If he said to us, oh, you can have a few sins, you can have this hidden sin there, and I'm, I'm, that's okay with me. I don't really mind if you get angry at your neighbor. That, that's okay. You know, it, it's okay. I, I love you. You're a child of God. That's all, that's all cool. What would happen to us if Jesus said this sin was okay? What would we do? We would go and we would probably enlarge that, and we would include what else can we throw in there that's okay? What else can we put in there that we can do? But Jesus comes and he says, go and sin no more. Can we have that as our vision? I all know we sin, and I sin all the time. But can we have that as our vision? That, and our, what we're going to wake to is that I am not going to sin. I'm going to focus on you. I'm not going to focus on my sins, but I'm going to focus on you. And when I do that, the sins will fall away because I've got my focus on you. I would hate to be in Peter's shoes when he said the wrong thing. Because in Matthew 16, 23, it says, Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You're a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Jesus did just not say no to him. He said, Get behind me, Satan. Pretty strong words. But Jesus sets the bar really, really high. Not that we can never attain it, But it's something we can aim to say that Jesus is is here. And because he's got to this place, that means we can aim for him. We can get to that place too. If not in this life, but maybe in heaven we can. We're never going to be perfect. But the stuff, the baggage is going to be left behind. 
We're not going to turn to our strengths. We're not going to turn to our weaknesses, but we're going to keep our focus on him. We don't want distractions. All of us get distracted because we look at other people and we say, I want to be like them. This is how they've done it, so this is how I'm going to do it. God has got a calling and a specific word for each and every one of you. And we don't focus on people, we focus on him. We don't focus on what the person beside us and the seat beside us is doing, we focus on him. Some of us, we're in a body and some of us are thumbs. Some of us are all thumbs. Some of us are fingers. Some of us are toes. Some of us are head. Some of us are tongue. I know there's a lot of people in here that are tongue. It's probably not me. Some of us are ears we can hear. But when we come together and we're not comparing ourselves, we're being who God wants us to be, we are whole. We're a body of believers who are strong, a body that's strong. There's always opposition. You know, when you take ground for God and when you're trying to move forward, there is always opposition. Look at Adam and Eve when they stepped into God. God was with them. There was a serpent right in front of them. I look at Moses when he was dealing with with Pharaoh. There was Pharaoh right in front of him standing up and saying no. For David, there was Saul who was pursuing him, trying to kill him all day long. And there was actually a physical Goliath that stood in front of him that he had to slay. But he also had a Bathsheba, where unfortunately he fell. And if you don't know the story, he fell in the wrong way. But he came back and he repented towards God, and he turned back to the path, back to where he should be. Jesus had the Pharisees against him. Daniel had a lion that came up and pursued him. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had a furnace they had to jump into. Joseph had a pit. He had slave traders. He had Potiphar's wife who wanted him. There's all these oppositions. When they step into God, there's always an opposition. But when you keep your focus on God, the oppositions don't matter because we've got our eyes focused on God. So how do we do that? If we want to be the person that God wants to be, to be the doctor that he's called us to be, to be the nurse that he wants us to be, to be the accountant who wants us to be, to be a plumber who wants us to be, whoever that may be, to step into your destiny and your future and your hope carrying Jesus with you, can we keep our focus on him? I was reading a little while ago out of Habakkuk. And this last point is how. And the whole book of Habakkuk is really saying praise before position or provision. And if we're going to focus on God and step into our destiny I believe one of the key things we do is to praise him. And that's not just praising with this. That's using our feet. That's using our our voice. That's using our hands. That's using our whole lives to praise him. Because Habakkuk was, was in a time where Israel had been conquered and they were overrun. He was living in Judah at the time and, and Judah was facing the same destiny. They knew they were going to come under an oppression that was, which meant for a lot of them death, which meant for a lot of them slavery, which meant they couldn't serve their God. And he's, he's sitting in this time where everyone's depressed and he's going through Habakkuk and he's saying, how can this be for us? Two statements were made in that book. In chapter 2, verse 2, God says to him, write down the vision and make it plain. He wrote, told him to write down the vision and make it plain so he didn't forget. So he could keep his eyes on the vision 
He could keep his eyes on what God had said. He could keep his eyes on who God was, and he wouldn't forget that. So he'd always walk into where God wanted to go and who he was in God. There's two types of people. One who walk by faith and one who allow circumstances to dictate who they are. Habakkuk was a man who walked by faith. And faith is contrary to evidence because it goes beyond evidence. And he reads or he writes from chapter 16, I'm sorry, from verse 16 to verse 19 and he says, and you've probably heard this many, many times, though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines. Though the produce of the olive fail and the fields yield no food, though the flock be cut off from the fold and, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet will I rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places because that is who God is. No matter what you're going through, no matter what's going on in your life, can we focus on that? That God, the Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's and he makes me tread on my high places. Pray. Pray before the breakthrough. The old... Came out of Bethel. The old word that came out of Bethel. Push. Pray until something happens. Read the word. Praise, learn to praise him, learn to worship him in all situations. Revival, we all want revival, but that root word of revival is to revive. That's not an external thing, that's an internal thing. To be revived by the Spirit of God, to have him running through you. Faith is not contrary to evidence. Faith, it goes beyond evidence. That is what we want to be. When the natural doesn't align with God's word, what do we choose to follow? When the natural does not align to God's word, what do we choose to follow? God's word. God's word. It's God's word that will keep us intact. It's God's word that will keep us, the blinkers will be on. We won't turn to the left or to the right, but we'll keep focused on the vision. No baggage for this next journey. Can we, as we step in the next season of Highway Church and in your lives, make the decision that we're going to focus on Jesus, I'm going to be awake to where he wants me to be, my baggage is off, I'm not going to turn to the, to the left where my weaknesses are, I'm not going to turn to the, to the right where my strengths pull me away from God, I'm going to use my strengths to step into where God wants me to be, but I'm not going to allow my strengths to pull me away, my baggage is not there, I'm going to focus and I'm going to hop on that plane and I'm going to exactly where God wants me to be. Is that our faith statement this morning? Can we all stand? God, I pray for us this morning. I know that each and every one of us want to serve you well. Each and every one of us want to know you intimately, Lord God. Each and every one of us want to have you inside of us. And each and every one of us want to be led by you. So I pray this morning, Lord, as we're standing here right now, I pray, Lord God, Lord, that, Lord, as we shift our focus off the other stuff that's around our lives and we shift our focus back on you, the author of our faith, 
the finisher of our faith, that God, you will lead, you will direct, you will guide. I pray for fresh faith. I pray for fresh, fresh hope. I pray that our vision, the fog would lift, Lord, and we would be able to see you clearly, Lord, I pray. I pray that, Lord, we would learn to focus on you, allow your spirit to come upon us, that, God, our vision would be so clear we would step into the place where you have always called us to be. And that's in a closeness and a relationship with you, walking in faith, pressing into who we are in you, Lord God, because, Lord, you came to set us free. By your stripes we are healed, Lord God. That's not past tense. That's we are healed now, here, right now. It's already happened for us. So Jesus, in this moment, in this moment, God, Lord, I pray, Lord, for your peace to come. Oh, let it fall on this place. I pray, Lord, now in this place, Lord, there'll be such strength. That God, we find that peaceful place, Lord, it will give us the strength in you, Lord God, that would hold us onto the path that you've called us to, to walk, Lord, I pray. There's some here that are saying, no, that, that doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for me. Oh, it does work for you. Oh, it so works for you. The seasons come and the seasons go. If you're sitting in a bit of a winter place at the moment, if you're sitting in a bit of a winter place at the moment, summer's coming. Summer's coming. If you're in the valley, I know the mountaintop is coming. And you gotta believe it that even though you don't feel anything and you're in that valley, God is still with you in that valley. God, we know God's there on the mountaintop, but God's still there in that valley. So God, God, as we focus on you, the fog lifts and we can see you. Lord, I pray even now, Lord, a fresh revelation on your people as they sit here now. The fog would come off, Lord, and they would see you, even though they're in the valley, they would see you this morning. Fresh touch, fresh move of God, Lord, upon all of us today. I thank you for what you've done already in us this morning. But God, Lord, I pray for a seal of that, even at this moment, Lord, I pray. Holy Spirit, come. Oh, Holy Spirit, come. Move. Move, we pray. You know, we're going to leave the service, and Nick can come up and finish the service, but I would love us to leave this place this morning with our eyes firmly fixed on our Redeemer. If you don't know Jesus this morning, I pray that when Nick gives the invitation this morning, you would jump up because He is so awesome. Our God is so, so, so awesome. He is, He is just so good. And you don't know what you're missing out on. Our God is just an awesome God. <laughs> In fact, let's do it now. Anyone here who doesn't know God? Anybody here at all? 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Okay. Can we worship our God?